welcome to the NFL Abroad podcast, the podcast created by fans for the fans. We're your hosts, Thomas and Callum, and you can find this podcast on all popular streaming platforms. If you do enjoy this podcast, please feel free to drop a like, follow and subscribe for more similar content in the future. Without further ado, let's jump straight into the podcast. So moving into week six, the first game of the week on Thursday night football primetime is the Broncos taking on the Chiefs. Callum, how do you think this one's going to go? Well, I think I speak for on behalf of everyone when I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely walk through the Broncos uh, this week. Also, the Chiefs did beat the Vikings last week just by seven points, which is probably less than some people thought. But, you know, they got the victory again as they've been continuing to do this season. And just as the Broncos have been doing all season, they lost uh, in a tough one against the Jets. And I think that was the final nail in the coffin for their season this year. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs are probably going to run through them. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, what was it? They gave up 170 plus, plus yards, I think it was, to Brees Hall last week. And I can probably see something similar this week for Isaiah Pacheco. Um, that bro- that Broncos defense, as we know, is actually sat worst uh, worst in the league currently um, in all in all forms of, of defense, and especially bad on the run defense as well. So I expect big numbers to be put up by by the running back. And I think if the season's not already over for the Broncos, I think after this week against the Chiefs, it's certainly going to be over. Yeah, at that point, are they are they looking to trade some of their some of their players away and starting rebuilds? I think that's exactly what's necessary uh, down there in, in Denver because, you know, obviously they brought Russell Wilson on a massive contract, uh, they brought Sean Payton in and it's still not working uh, for the organisation and I think, you know, before the trade deadline, we'll see some of these talented players start getting traded away, whether it's Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, someone like that and I think this season will just be a case of tanking and um, trying to improve in the off-season. Yeah, I think we already saw, didn't we, that the uh, the Panthers were trying to trying to poach for for some of the uh, the Broncos receivers. So we you know we might see yeah. we might see that happen. To be fair, um, I think it's I can't really see where wins is coming from. I mean, I've had a look at the schedule and sort of when they were playing that Jets game last week, it looked like one of them games that they must win to to keep the season alive, and obviously they didn't. So I think um, just just moving over to the Chiefs side of the ball, though, there were concerns with Trevor. Uh, Travis Kelsey, sorry, um, I think he went off with an injury, but did he did he come back into the game? Yeah, he came back in. Obviously, I don't know if he was just heavily medicated or, or what the actual severity of the injury was. Um, obviously, if coming coming back into the game, you'd expect him to be healthy this week. But you know, it poses a question, doesn't it? Would would you risk a star man like Travis Kelsey against the Broncos who you'd expect to beat with or without him? Because I think for me personally, I'd be I'd be resting him. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think you're probably right there. To be fair. Um, could be a game where they look to to see him rest him or just bring him in if if they absolutely need to. Um, I don't think yeah. it'll be necessary. Um, I think the Chiefs have got more than enough on offense to to quite comfortably beat this Broncos team. Um, and the defense don't look too bad either. I know that they only gave up twenty points last week, but it, they've not put up massive numbers um, in terms of defense all season. So I just think there's going to be too much on defense and too much on offense to just have a power him in every single aspect of the ball. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They've got too much talent on both sides, on all three sides of the ball, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll be taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll be taking the Chiefs to get this done swiftly. Next up in London, we see the Ravens taking on the Tennessee Titans. Both of these teams are coming off tough losses in their, against divisional rivals. Minute, what do you see from the Ravens last week that can that they can bring to this week? Well, it's a game, really, that the Ravens should have won, and I think they've only probably got their up. Sorry, they've only got themselves to blame for for that loss. 
Um, I counted, I think it was three or four times in the end zone alone where, where balls got dropped that should have been touchdowns. And then in the open field as well, um, even more drops. So I think it was Mark Andrews, the, the tight end, that were probably the best player for the Ravens last week. Um, and he were only the only guy that looked competent enough to, to catch the ball. It's not... It's not a case of Lamar Jackson. Even he dropped a few, though. Oh, well, maybe I didn't pay enough attention uh, during the game then, to be fair. But it's I don't think it's um, a case of, of Lamar Jackson. And, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter sort of having a go at him. I think it was, was more of the receiver just dropping the ball when they were wide up and he sort of put it right on them. And yeah, just a bit of a weird day, really, for the Ravens. Yeah, I completely agree with that take. I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't have his best game. Um, but again, it wasn't bad, I don't think, like people are trying to say about him. It was mainly, like you say, his receivers and tight ends letting him down with drops and, you know, drops that are perfectly catchable. Um, I think Josh still had a fumble as well at some point in the game. And, the, you know, the, the Ravens offense beat themselves, really. Um, you can you can say that the Steelers defense was good, which he probably was to some, to, 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 to some extent. But um, I think the majority of the problems was just, you know, drops and, and a fumbles for that Ravens team. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um they were just it was such a weird game because they had so many opportunities to to get this game put to bed and then they somehow what what was it they gave up a safety late on and then he, Kenny Pickett managed to throw a touchdown in what with a minute left or something like that so i think Lamar fumbled late on as well i just i don't know it was just such a strange game and a game that probably 9 times out of 10 the the ravens win so weird well it's just one of, another one of those classic afc north matchups weren't it between between the ravens and the steelers and uh you know, it just it just proves like sometimes when it comes to a divisional matchup, it's uh, about who wants it more in, in the fourth quarter. And I think the Steelers did want it more that day. Um, but you know, I don't think the 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 Ravens should be too concerned coming out of that game. You know, we can have the odd game where receivers just can't seem to catch the ball. I'm not sure what what they had on their gloves, but you know, it's not something you expect to see continue throughout the season. So I'm I'm not too concerned by by the Ravens last week. But on the other side of the ball, obviously the Titans this week. You know, I was I was quite concerned about them. Um, you know, one of the strengths coming into last week's game was their run defense. It was one of the best in the league. And then last week they gave up 165 yards to Zach Moss, and all of a sudden their strength became a weakness for them. Um, they couldn't get Derrick Henry going, and obviously when when he doesn't get going, um, usually the team fails. And that's exactly what happened. Despite DeAndre Hopkins' 140 yard day, um, but I think there's more concerns for for Tennessee than there is for, for the Ravens coming into this one. Yeah, I'd certainly said that, that that there's a lot more concerns for the Titans. Just, I mean, we've said it all season. They're a team that that I just can't cannot seem to work out. One week they seem shocking, and the next week they seem brilliant, and it's sort of just like intertwined, like week on week, like week in week out. So traveling over to London this week, um, you know, both teams are technically away. So could that have an effect on 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 both teams? Do you think? I mean, yeah, we saw what happened to the Bills last week, you know. Was it the fact that it wasn't acclimatised as much as the, the Jags? Obviously, neither of these teams have the advantage of being there for an extra week. But I think it does a lot of it comes down to how the players are um, coming to terms with the, with the time differences and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's definitely, a, you know, a place that upsets can happen. Um, but, you know, both, both teams are playing on the same field on the same day. So you can't really put it down to... You can't blame it for that. So... Um, yeah, I think I think the talent will show through on this occasion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in that that first half, the times looked, you know, they were seriously poor. But then in the second half, they kind of looked like a different team, and they started to get a little bit more momentum going. Like like you mentioned, Andre Hopkins, he sort of picked up. He's been fairly quiet all season. Um, and Derrick Henry, 
against a good run defense, the, if Derrick Henry can't get going, the Titans seem to struggle, and I could probably see that happening against this Ravens team. Yeah, I mean the Ravens are the second best defense um, in the league at the moment on yards per game. Um, so you know they're, they're clearly doing something right. Uh, like I said last week, they're still getting healthier as well. Um, and I think that well, I think the the concerning thing for for the Titans is I think they're only going to get worse without trying to sound like a like a shithead. <laughs> I mean, like they're they're an aging team. You know, you've got Tanner Hellu's knocking on now. Derek Henry he's obviously getting old. DeAndre Hopkins he's you know past his best. Um, and I think obviously the Titans after that loss last week are probably looking at a poor season. And if they lose this one, you, you know they're probably looking for a rebuild after the season's over. Yeah, I th- think you think you're right. To be fair, um, and, and probably for that reason as well. I mean, we've mentioned how good that Ravens defense is. I think Lamar Jackson will be be back to firing. Uh, I think his his receivers will have had had a serious bollocking. To be fair, considering they should have won that game by a country mile. So. I think uh, with all that said, I'll I'll be going for the Ravens this week to win. Yeah, I'll be taking the Ravens as well. You know, I mean, I'm sure the the, the receivers will sat in the mirror when they got home and realise just how poorly they played, and they'll be wanting to to get back to winning ways this way and almost prove themselves once again. So yeah, I think I think the Ravens will win this one, and I think it'll be uh, quite a substantial victory as well. So moving on to another six pm matchup, we see. One of the worst teams in football against one of the best teams in football. The Carolina Panthers are taking on the Miami Dolphins. Callum, how do you see this matchup going? I think I see it going the same way that everyone else sees it going, to be honest. You know? You've know, you got the Miami Dolphins, who have already put 70 points past the team this season. Uh, and they're coming up against the uh, Carolina Panthers, who conceded 42 points last week. So, by my maths... I can see the Miami Dolphins absolutely running a train through Carolina next week. Or this week, should I say. Um, you know, Tua to Tagovailoa, he did on his best week last week. He threw two or three, two interceptions, I think it was. Yeah, two interceptions. Um, but, I mean, I expect him to, to clean it up this week and get back to his brilliant best. Um, obviously, the, the Dolphins are, again, without Devon A-Chain this week. He's been put on injured reserve, so he'll miss the next four games, which is unfortunate for the rookie and for the Dolphins. But, again, there's just so much talent on that Dolphins team that I expect everybody to step up this week and, you know, take some of the take some of that um, load off him that, that he would have had, you know. Raheem Mostert, he'll certainly step up and fill that void well. And, you know, you've got Tariq Hill, Jalen Waddle uh, on the outside, you know, ready to put some points up. Yeah, I can expect to see a lot of points again this week, to be fair, especially if Bryce Young and the Panthers keep throwing turnovers like they did last week against um, against the Lions. If they're going to be doing that against this Dolphins team, then it's going to be a serious amount of points again. I did think that the Dolphins would have put more points up against the Giants. I think it was only 31-16, to 16, something along those sort of lines. So I expected a little bit more from the Dolphins, to be fair. Um, granted, they did throw a few picks themselves, so I guess they didn't have the ball for as long as what they would have done against the Broncos that time. Um, I will mention, like you said, Devon H.A., and I'm quite gutted, to be fair, because from what I've seen, the guy looks phenomenal. He's probably the best, well, he's the best rookie running back in the league, surely. Um, the stats that he's put up this season have, have just been insane and it's a shame that it's going to be an injury that has to slow him down but like I said I expect Raheem Mostert to step up he, he would do a bounce back after that sort of poor-ish game against uh, against the Bills where he had a couple of fumbles so can I expect to see a big game from Raheem Mostert in terms of the Panthers yeah I th- oh, sorry carry on in terms of the Panthers um, I will mention Chandler Zavala bit gutted for him as well. I mean, he got carted off the field. He looked like a complete mess. I think I'm not sure what the reports are regarding that for the rookie. So, 
two rookies out for this game, but his looked a lot more serious than than Raheem's. Uh, sorry, than um, Devon Eight Chains. Yeah, I think it certainly did. But you know, you're going to have a few uh, Falcons fans breathing down your neck after this podcast, um, putting uh, Eight Chain as the number one rookie running back. You know, you got Bijan Robinson over there, who's a fan favourite, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll have them down your neck. Not that you'll care. No, um, not at but just, all. just a point. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. I mean, was was the Panthers guy the guy who uh, collapsed on the field? Is that, am I thinking that right? Yeah, it was the one of the tackles, I think, or guards on the offensive line. He, I think it was a neck injury that it turned out to be. I'm not sure what reports are now. I think he got to the got to the hospital, and yeah, that's as far as I know. To be fair, yeah, it, it wasn't nice to see. Um, but you know, if there's any positives on last week, it is the fact that Adam Thielen had another huge game. He had 11 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he'll have to rep- replicate that and more you'd expect coming in to this one um, you know it's a, there's a mismatch here certainly in the in the level of performance on both of these teams and again I can I can see the Dolphins putting at least 50 points up here against this very poor uh, Panthers team yeah and I, I'll give you a start as well from last week which I find so bizarre yet interesting the Panthers who were 14-0 down at the time I think it were they actually held the ball for I think it was 11 minutes in the first quarter and they found themselves 14-0 down so you can see where the issues are and I mean that granted that is on that is on turnovers I think they came a bit later but they, even when they're dominating the ball and getting themselves up the field they're not actually converting points as well as they should be so whether that's a Bryce Young thing or coaching thing I'm not sure um, but yeah there's just you know so many issues on with, with regards to turnovers and not scoring I can't really see where wins are going to be coming from yeah, what have you thought to Bryce Young's start to his career? Well, I know he were out for concussion protocol, um, so he has actually missed the game. So I, I think they still Panthers still need to be remain patient with him. You know, they they drafted him early, so they've got to still still keep faith in him. They've got to understand that they are in a rebuild, but it's just not on the levels that Anthony Richardson is and that CJ Stroud is at the moment, is it? No, but I, I do think you know it's probably what you'd expect from from a rookie in his first year in a in a very poor team. Uh, I think some of his turnovers are a bit naive uh, in terms of he's not reading the field as well as an ex- like a veteran or you know like a, even CJ Stroud has been doing for example he, he you know he um, he sometimes gets stuck on a receiver for too long and then obviously the safety or linebacker knows exactly where he's going but you know I don't I think there's more positive to take from his performances than negative so far you know you've got to wait give him some good weapons around him a strong offensive line and then obviously you'll see his true performance and like you say I think they've got to be patient with him. Um, and I expect you know this week that he's probably probably not his best week to uh, to be judging his performance. No, I mean he's what what we are now week six. He's had a few he has had a few games to try and try and do something and prove himself. Um, barring that one, obviously that he were on protocol for, but again it's, this week I can't really see him doing doing enough to to beat this Dolphins team. But like you said, is is it one of them games that you can't really judge judge him off? I'm I'm not sure. Well, I, I certainly don't think so. I mean, he can't do much worse than uh, Daniel Jones did last week. Um, so, you know, he, he's got a lot to look forward to. You know, as long as he doesn't do worse than Daniel Jones, then he can uh, he can, he can have that little positive for himself. Yeah, I certainly think he's better than Daniel Jones. But I still don't think he's good <laughs> enough to, to beat this Dolphins team. So, I mean, I'm going to be going for the Dolphins and probably buy a lot of points as well. Yeah, mate, exactly the same. I'm going to take the Dolphins by at least 40 points. 40.
In our next matchup, we see the Houston Texans take on Minnie's New Orleans Saints. Minnie, I presume you are uh, impressed last week against the uh, New England Patriots? Oh, massively impressed. And I mean, what a win. I'm still buzzing about it now. Finally, we saw motion um, in that offense. And motion scores points. Pete Carmichael's been listening to somebody, whether that's the media, the fans, Dennis Allen, maybe his players. I'm not sure. But finally, we had something that's changed on offense. We look like a team that can score points. Is it just going to be a one-off? I'm not sure. I'm really hoping not. Um, but yeah, honestly, I mean, what a buzz. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean, we had pretty much opposite weeks last week, me and you. Um, you were buzzing. I was absolutely heartbroken. Um, so I'm not going to act happy for you here because I'm I'm really not, you know. Um, but I mean, 34 points and none against the New England Patriots is very, very impressive. I think the fact that you, that you didn't allow a single point um, you know, that cemented your defence in the top five in the league. And, I mean, how good was Tyron Matthew last week as well? I mean, that's what's kicked it off, really. That's that's where the momentum got got built up from. He obviously got that pick six off Matt Jones, um, got everybody fired up, and then sort of Warner was fired up, Cam Jordan, the sack machine was fired up. I think he's actually just broke the record for the most sacks at the Saints. And another man who's just broken a record for the most touchdowns at the Saints is that man Alvin Kamara, so, so buzzing for him, to be fair. Um, when I saw the tweet come out, I didn't actually know he'd broken the record <laughs> until I saw the tweet come out. Um, but yeah, I was gassed up. Gassed up for, for Michael Thomas, who looked back to his best. Chris Alave finally got his first touchdown on the season, so we were just firing on all cylinders, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, you certainly were. I mean, I was watching the red zone, and it was like every every two minutes, the Saints are popping up that, uh, that they scored again. Uh, whether that was because the Saints are so good or because the, uh, the Patriots are just so bad, I mean, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, but you know, you you know, you can only be what's in front of you, and that's exactly what the what the Saints did last week. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd argue it were a case of the Saints being good on the day, and the Patriots looking like the Patriots this season. To be fair, I won't even say it were bad. I think it's probably normal for them. And <laughs> you know, what? I'm so glad that they've been humbled because they've had so much success over the last sort of five to ten years or, or whatever it is a bit longer with, with all those Super Bowls so finally to see them performing bad you just I mean I've come into the league and I'm love you just love to see it yeah you, you certainly do I mean I can't even deny that I'd much rather the Saints win than the Patriots um but moving on obviously you face tougher opponents this week despite them coming off a, off a close lo- loss to the Falcons last week um what, what do you see from the, the Texans that can that can upset your Saints well I believe they were at Tank Dell, aren't they, this week? Is he on concussion protocol? Yeah, he's on, on concussion protocol, so he'll, he'll certainly be missing this game at least. I mean, I think we've probably got to talk about CJ Stroud, to be fair. He obviously broken, broke that record for, what was it, most passing attempts without an interception. And I'm going to call it this yeah, week. CJ Stroud throws his first interception, and who picks it off? Marshawn Lattimore. Come back to me when that happens, please. I will not be doing that, because I really hope He's just going to run through this Saints defence and uh, cut them up like butter. But, you know, it is one of the top five defences in the league and it might well be the, the biggest task he's facing so far in his career. And again, without one of his star weapons as well, I think it will be a big struggle this week for, for this Texans side. But again, I do think it's going to be be a close game, you know. The, the, the Saints, again, we've seen them be a bit hit and miss this season. Um, so obviously they'll be trying to hit again this week, but... You know, it's it's a good team. This this Texans team. They play. They play as a team. They're very well coached, and they can certainly, you know, put pressure on the Saints and and force them into mistakes themselves. Oh, I mean, 
this obviously they're so so young and the pro they're still in a rebuild really. Um, the work that Bobby Slowick's doing with those guys is it's nothing short of incredible to be fair. Um, you know they probably are the the most coached I've I've seen them. Um, you've got the likes of of Dalton Schultz popping off and Nico Collins looks good. Uh, Damian Pierce. I mean these guys, barring Dalton Schultz, I've I've never heard of in the league before. So. He's making it work with what he's got, to be fair. And I, I do see it a bit of a close matchup, but I think it'd be a tough matchup for both teams, to be fair. Yeah, I, I certainly do as well. I just think, obviously, that Saints defence, we, we know how good it is. Uh, and I don't quite see that on, on the Texans side of the ball. Obviously, they're coming off a tough loss as well uh, against the Falcons. And, um, you know, I can see I can see a similar sort of game going this week. A low-scoring affair, you know, separated by just a couple of points. But... I'm this week. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Saints just because of how good their defense is. Yeah, I mean, I will just mention as well. I think that the Patriots they only got eight first downs last week. I think they got one third down. So I don't know whether that was a case of the Patriots struggling on offense or the Saints defense showing up as they normally do. But if we can get both sides of the ball firing like last week, I've got to take the Saints. So moving on, we see the Falcons taking on the Commanders. The Falcons coming into this with a walk-off field goal win and the Commanders losing miserably to the Bears last week. Callum, how do you see this matchup going? I mean, honestly, you flip a coin and uh, and I'll tell you because it's such a hit-and-miss matchup, really. I mean, both of these teams can look good one week and look shocking the next. And that's like what we saw last week, you know. The, the Commanders gave up 40 points to the Bears um, alternative, you know, the Falcons won again. So again, I think it's just whichever team shows up on the day is gonna is gonna win. Um, we we know the Falcons have added Van Jefferson from the Rams this week for a pretty low low trade value. I think it's like a sixth round pick or seventh round pick or something. Um, so they've got another wide receiver weapon on that Falcons team now, which whether he'll be involved this week or not, we we'll, we yet to see. But you know, it's better to have him than not to have him. Um. But yeah, I mean, just just looking at that Falcons Falcons team, obviously Desmond Ridder had his probably best game of his career last week. He had three hundred and twenty nine yards, uh, no interceptions. Um, so you know, the, the, there were plenty of positives for the Falcons last week. It's just, it's just trying to get them on a roll, really, because we, we say this about the Falcons, and the following week they go they go and lose. So they're they're a really difficult team to read, don't you think? Yeah, I'm, I agree with you on that. To be fair, they're a team like like a few other teams. A Titans come to mind, a team that I just can't really work out what's you know what what they're trying to do in terms of especially in terms of offense they, they're just so strange it's like they're just so one-dimensional if, if they can run the ball then it, it really works out for them and if they can't then they seem to struggle against teams so so yeah coming to this game playing against those those commanders I can probably see Bijan Robinson having a good game um, I mean from what I've seen this season so far would say that he's probably slightly overrated so he, he could prove me wrong this week and put up some big numbers against this commander's team and ultimately if that happens then probably probably see the Falcons just just gaining it against this commander's team. Yeah, I mean it's hard to tell how good Bijan is in in this offense really because you know with Arthur Arthur Smith's scheme he likes to he basically likes to just get everyone the everyone the ball, everyone touches the ball instead of trying to focus on one particular weapon and that's pretty much exactly what we saw um, last week as well. I mean the the, the two running backs um, split the load almost equally. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Jonu Smith, all had pretty much equal receptions. And I think he's trying to build like a team there and not any any one superstar. 
Um, but I mean, I will just say, Bijan Robinson last week, he made a fantastic catch, one-handed catch, and then he made a, made a defender miss. And if he took that one to the end zone, it'd have been the play of the week by far. Um, but yeah, the, it's, it really is hard to see what this, how this Falcons team will perform against the Commanders because it, it, it's all about this Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Smith scheme, and he just refuses to go away from his morals, really. Yeah, and, and then just flipping it over to the Commander side of the ball. I mean, they had that, yeah, that shock sort of absolute stomping against the Bills. They then go close against the Eagles and lose by a field goal, I think it was, and then then they go and lose by 20 points against the Bears. So I, I really thought they were going to have a big game last week, Commanders, and bounce back, but it just, just wasn't to be. Yeah, I know. I think I think we both had the Commanders to win that one, didn't we? And then, I think, every, yeah, they got I think everybody had the Commanders to win last week, to be fair, mate. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously they went and then got absolutely battered by um, by the Bears. So again, it's a, it's a very difficult like with, with these sort of teams that are sort of mid mid table teams. They can all beat each other, and it's just whoever turned up on the day. And I think we'll we'll see something similar this week. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess the Falcons sort of carry a little bit of momentum coming off that win, and that's probably what's going to just just tip it over the edge for me and and, and just go with the Falcons. So for that reason. Bit of momentum behind them. I think I'll take the Falcons to win. Well, then, I think this is the first game we're going to disagree on this week so far. Uh, March to take the Commanders. I think they drew a bounce-back win. Um, we know they've got a pretty good pass rushing Mon with Montez Sweat and Chase Young and a couple of others. Um, so I expect them to put pressure on Desmond Ridder. Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know why, because my head's telling me to choose the Falcons on this one with a rushing attack. But... I just know the commanders are due a bounce back and, and they're the type of team that, that'll win these sort of games. So, yeah, give me the commanders in this one. In the next matchup, we see a battle for the top of the AFC South. We have the Indianapolis Colts, who are 3-2, and two, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are also 3-2, and two, both coming off huge victories. Mini, break this one down for us. Yeah, I mean, massive wins for both teams. Jags go 2-0 and zero in London. Not sure. I mean, I didn't expect that last week. I did you expect um, did you expect them to be the Bills last week? I did actually. I think I put that on my predictions video last week, so yeah. Hey, but... Some of us know ball, others don't, but it's fine. Well, I mean that's uncalled for. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. I mean, yeah, no, diving, <laughs> diving into this game. I think probably the main the main talking point for me is um Anthony Richardson. He's been put on injury report for well, it's a minimum of four weeks, is it, nowadays? Yeah, missed four games, Anthony Richardson, um, with a shoulder injury, I believe it was. Yeah, I think he had a shoulder injury similar to what Derek Carr had, but obviously Derek Carr just got a little bit more steel in, steel in his body and he's going to he's gonna play. So, yeah, it, it's a bit of a shame for the rookie, to be fair, because what, from what I've seen from him, I've been fairly impressed. And they had the likes of Jonathan Taylor coming back last week. Um, didn't have too much of the load, to be fair. Zach, Zach Moss definitely took took the headlines and went for a big game what, what was it 150 plus yards and a couple of touchdowns so I expect Jonathan Taylor to be to be used a little bit more this week I mean they've given him that massive contract so you know I'm, I'm, I don't know why he wasn't involved as much last week whether that's just you know training and, and plays and stuff I'm not sure what he's what he's actually done since trying to fight for the contract so be interested to see if Jonathan Taylor comes in a little bit more this week and then just just quickly flipping it over to the Jag side, I mean, they had a massive win against the Bills and I certainly didn't see that one coming. Um, but they were, they were fantastic, to be fair. They had a lot of lot of breakout players in that game. Um, I'm sure you can probably tell me a little bit more about that offence. 
Yeah, I mean, it seemed like finally the Dragons offense started clicking last week. You know, Trevor Lawrence put 315 yards and a touchdown without an inception. Travis Etienne had a big game, which has been due recently. Um, he put up 136 yards for two touchdowns. And again, Calvin Ridley, I said he had to get involved last week if, if they wanted a chance against the Bills. And that's exactly what he did. I think he listened to the podcast. I think he's the number one fan, actually. Um, he put up 122 yards um, to get that uh, Jags team moving down the field. And yeah, it was hard not to be impressed, really, when, against a Bills team who were one of the best in the league. Yeah, I mean, it were a statement victory, to be fair. Um, whether that, I mean, that London advantage definitely helped. They'd already been there a week extra, and that's probably what I would put it down to. I'd be interested to have that matchup in America at either of the Bills or Jags Stadium. It might be a different outcome. It might be the same. Who knows? Um, I will mention on the Colts D that Zaire Franklin's been phenomenal all season, and I think he'll continue to impress and and will get at Trevor Lawrence this week. Um, but I mean, we've got probably the best backup coming in as well. To be fair, with Gardner Minshew and. He's not done bad when he's come in the games as well, uh, from what we've seen this season. Can we expect to see the same this week against the Jags? And will it be enough to beat this Jags team? I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I don't think the Colts will be too disheartened about Anthony Richardson going down injured. I mean, it's obviously not what you'd want, but you know, like you say, they've got probably the best best backup in the in the league coming in. He'd be fighting, you know, for his career for next season. He might get a starting role somewhere, so he'll certainly be wanting to impress in this lineup, and I think he will, to be honest, you know, they've got a tough, tough opposition this week against the Jags, um, they've got one of the best defences in, in the league, um, so it will be difficult, but if the Colts are going to win this game, I think they're going to have to rely on that run offence again, I think arguably they've got the best one-two running attack in the league with um, Zach Moss and, and Jonathan Taylor, and you know what, I think the, 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 the contract that Taylor got is uh, is fired up Zach Moss, you know, to, to, to up his production and prove himself, because Last week, he was just playing absolutely lights out. I, I mean, 195 total yards rushing and passing. I mean, he's, he's certainly put himself on the map now. And he'll be, um, you know, that, that, that's such a good running back room to have in, in Indianapolis. I mean, he must, have, he must have picked up a fair few receptions on the day as well. I didn't realise that he'd actually picked up that, uh, that amount of yardage. So, like you said, I mean, he could be fired up from that contract from Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he's fighting for that, for that shirt... In that uh, in that run r- rushing offense, sorry. So, you know, it's probably a good thing to be fair that they're, that they're going to be fighting each other for it because they can keep each other going. And you know, it's um, you know, from obviously it's a big mental barrier. Both guys want to be number one. We know how good Jonathan Taylor is. So, Zach Moss probably has got himself to prove a little bit more, and he certainly did it last week. So, can can you see the sort of same thing happening again against this Jags team? Well, the thing is, in last week's podcast, we were, we were saying how the Titans had one of the best um, run defences, if not the best run defence in the league. I, I can't remember the exact stat that popped up um, when the game was going on, but it was like the first game they'd, they'd given up over 100 rushing guards in X amount of games, and they were like one of the had one of the biggest records um, for, in that stretch. Um, so, And then obviously, so the Titans come in with one of the best running defences, and they call it blow it out of the water. This week, they come up against the Jags, who are... I think the fifth best in yards allowed per game against a rush attack. Um, so it's going to be difficult for them to, to do again. Um, but, you know, if, if any team's going to do it, it's going to be this this Colts team. You know, let's not forget as well, they've got one of the best defensive lines in the in the league. You know, they've got Quentin Nelson, who is probably the best guard in the league, if not Zach, Mar- Zach Martin. So th- they've certainly got the weapons here to, to, put, to put, up, put on a good show against Jacksonville. It's just whether the defence of Jacksonville can stand up 
against the Colts. And also, how are the Jacksonville Jaguars going to adapt, you know, time zones again, flying back to the States for this one? Well, do you know what? I, I was going to question you the same thing, to be fair. And is it going to have the same sort of effect that, that we've seen that's happened to the Falcons and the Bills uh, within the last couple of weeks? Can we see that happening to the Jags? And do you know what? I think I can see that happening. And with a backup quarterback at the Colts, and you know what? I'm sensing an upset. So I fancy the Colts again this week. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm almost I was 50-50 with this game. I've gone back and forth with it. But I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one. In a very close affair, I think... Yeah, I'm going to take the Jaguars. The defence is going to stand that defence up. And they've got too many weapons on offence. And I think that, you know there's be a continuation of last week's performance in getting that offence running smoother. So moving over to the Bengals taking on the Seahawks this week. Callum, is Joe Burrows back? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm quite sceptical to say yes or no on this one because he did look quite a bit better last week. He put up 317 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and he did seem to be moving a bit better running out of the pocket. You know, we saw, we saw, I think we saw a run where he picked up a first down. But I'm, I'm still very sceptical, so I'm going to say no, he's not back. I'm going to say it was a one-off game where he performed better than he could have done, better than he should have done, I should say, uh, with that injury. And I think... Yeah, I think it'd be a one-off. What, what about you? Yeah, I think I'd, pro- I'd probably agree, to be fair. We didn't see him do a, a great deal of running, to be fair. Most Mostly just, just throwing the ball, which obviously he's, you know, he's really good at. Um, I mean, he threw a massive bomb to Jamar Chase for 65 yards, and it was just one of them players that, regardless of who you support or which team you like, you, you sort of just jump out your seat and you know give it a cheer because, wow, it was, it was an absolute monster of a shot. Um the Bengals did look improved, to be fair, but do you, would, do you think it's more of the of, of like Cardinals' problems? I think they threw at least one pick six to to my memory. I'm not sure if it was more than that or not, but yeah, have the, have the Bengals improved or were they just playing a, a fairly poor Cardinals team? Well, you know, say Jamar Chase, he's always fucking open, and he proved that last week. He was always fucking open. He got 15 receptions for 192 yards and three touchdowns. What a fucking performance, by the way. I don't care how bad the Cardinals are. That is some serious, serious numbers from Jamar Chase last week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean the, the Cardinals seen it are not really have we, though from him. To be fair, you know, I don't well, know whether that's because we, we, of a injury or not. But it, it would do a breakout game, and like you said, he delivered. Yeah, we we haven't seen it really up until this, this point of the season. But like an interview, just saying he's always open and stuff. So a little digger, a little dig at the coaching and uh, Joe Burrow, and then obviously this week they've they've gone right then. We'll throw you the ball and make sure you're open. He did just that. Um, and I think that's the way they've got to go about this week as well against the Seahawks, who are a much sterner opposition um, than, than the Cardinals, for example. You know, they've obviously Geno Smith, who we know he's quite quite a good quarterback, and that defence is playing well at the moment with a, with a you know, young, talented side. Uh, obviously, we didn't see them last week because they're coming off a bye, but do you think, do you think the, the extra rest will, will benefit the Seahawks this week? Well, I think it's one of them ones. It just depends what angle you look at it at because from what I've seen from the Seahawks this season, they look like they were gaining good momentum. I mean, granted that the the last game they actually played in were against the Giants. I mean, that defence was insane, to be fair. What was it, 11 sacks they picked up against? Um, <laughs> yeah. Against the Giants. Um, and, you know, a couple of couple of pick, pick sixes. I don't know if it were one or two. I remember remember the big 100-plus yard one by, what was it, Witherspoon. So, like you said, this. Yeah. There's a lot going for that Seahawks team, but with a bye week, is it is it stopping that momentum, or do you think that extra rest 
will help them come into this game. I'm not, I'm not sure, to be fair. Yeah, well, to be honest, the, the CR probably didn't want the, the, the buy to be then. They had the momentum, didn't they? They were carrying it forward and they probably got slowed down at the wrong time. But, you know, they, they will be rested. They'll have had a lot of time to prepare for the Bengals, obviously knowing they were going to play them in, in advance. Um, and I think they'll come into this, this game well, well coached. And like you said, they had 11 sacks against the Giants and this Bengals team has been susceptible themselves to, to giving up a lot of sacks. And I think, you know, this defence could have a field day with the Bengals offensive line. And if this, this will be the true test of whether Joe Burrow is healthy or not, because if he's not and this, this, this offensive line breaks down like we've seen it do on countless occasions to the Seahawks defence, then um, it's going to be a real, real trouble this week. Yeah, could be could be big problems for, for Burrows this week. Feel like he'll have to get the ball out of his hands pretty fast. The quickest um, he's probably going to have had to do all season. I mean, I know obviously he has been carrying that calf injury. Um, I feel like if the Seahawks get to him, that's that's probably going to get triggered straight away. It's the last thing that the that Burrows wants. It's the last thing that the Bengals want. So can expect to see the see uh, Burrows get the ball out of his hands fast this week. Um, could that lead to mistakes? Could that lead to to picks? Well, you know, we, we, we've seen this, this Seahawks team are good at turning over the ball, as in t- getting reception, uh, interceptions and, and fumbles and whatnot. So, you know, you've you definitely got to be careful in this one. Um, and, it's, and again, it's a must-win team, really. A must-win game for the Bengals. You know, they're coming to this game at, is it 2-3, and three, I believe? Yeah, 2-3. and three. So, if they do want to keep this season alive, they've really got to be coming out of this, this game with a win um, against a good Seahawks side. Well, we think they're a good side. We think they're a good side, 3-1. and one, But they've actually not really played anyone of much calibre so far, so this will be a, a true test as to where the, where the Seahawks are, um, and yeah, the, the Bengals have got to win this one if they want to keep their season alive. Yeah, I think there's obviously there's a lot of pressure on, on that Bengals team, and there were a lot of pressure on the coaching beforehand, and people asking the question, should Burrows be there? I think Burrows proved that he should be there, um, regardless of whether he's carrying that knock or not, he is good enough to uh, to get wins, but he's, you know it's only against the Cardinals team, so I'm not going to read into it too much. And I think I'll be tempted to probably go for the Seahawks here. Yeah, I mean, well, it's hard to choose really because, we, again, we don't know how good the Seahawks are really. Um, and, you know, the, the Bengals have got T. Higgins coming back into the fold as well this week. Um, do I want to go against you and go for the Bengals? I think I'm going to stick with the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I have to stick with the Seahawks and that that defense. And also, that's, I mean, we've talked about the Seahawks defense, but let's not forget they've got an absolute unbelievable offense as well. You know, they've got they've got DK Metcalf, who is uh, he could have a field there with his Bengals defense if he really wanted to. And you know, they've looked good at, at points in the season, we'll say. So yeah, I think I'm going to I'm I'm back you up here, and I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. Next up, then we have a battle of the NFC North. With the, we see the Chicago Bears taking on. The Minnesota Vikings, who are, of course, without Justin Jefferson this week. Many, how do you think the, the Vikings will cope without Justin Jefferson? Well, to be honest, I don't think they're going to cope. Um, <laughs> even even with him, they've been struggling. So I hate to know what Vikings are going to be like without him. And going into this divisional matchup against the Bears, both teams need a, need a desperate, desperate win to try and keep the seasons alive. Um, to somehow claw, claw it back to, to two and what is it two and four? I, I think they both sat one and four at the moment. So yeah, yeah. Um, both teams looking to go two and four. I'm, I'm surprised. I will say it. I, will, I genuinely don't think didn't think I'd be saying that about the Vikings before the season, but here we are. So Justin Jefferson and I are. I don't know. To be honest, could be a sneak for a Bears win. I'm I'm not sure the way it's going to go. So it's going to be a struggle without Justin yeah. Jefferson. Um, I imagine your thoughts are somewhat similar. 
yeah, I mean, I think that, that injury was the nail in the coffin for Justin Jefferson, to be honest. And obviously, he's on IR um, for four weeks, but we have heard it's one of the worst hamstring strains he could have possibly had, and it's more likely to be more than four weeks. And whether they want to rush a player like that back in a in what is a you know a dead season for for the Vikings as it is, you know he's he's their star man for the next few years if they can keep hold of him anyway. So in my opinion, you know they're not going to cope without Justin Jefferson. Uh, this will be another loss for them, I think. I think the Bears will will get the business done here and extend to one to two and four, put the Vikings to one and five, and at that point, you know the season really is wrote off. Um, and you know at that at that point, are you looking to 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 trade away players to? Uh, Get some draft capital, you know. Kirk Cousins, he's, he's up for a new contract. That they could move him on um, either before the trade deadline in a couple of weeks or, or at the end of the season. And um, I've seen some uh, trade rumors about Daniel, Daniel Hunter as well on the on the defensive side. So it, it's certainly a difficult game for the the Vikings here without Justin Jefferson, and I think they will struggle. Yeah, I think it, it's one of them injuries that I mean, you just can't rush a player back from that. We saw something similar with. Cooper Cup and he probably came back a little bit earlier than what he should have done and then he ended up missing you know sort of a quarter of this season so for an hamstring injury I mean regardless of how they're doing um, it's, it's just not worth risking him and bringing him back too early and making things worse um, I think he's actually quite beat up about it Justin Jefferson as well I listened to an interview and he seemed quite down about it and he's absolutely gutted he's that type of player that sort of wears his heart on his sleeve and I mean it's going to be a massive miss for the Vikings team but can you see the Bears capitalising and potentially winning against them now? Well, I mean, if anything, if the last two weeks have got anything to go off, I mean, it certainly is. In the last two weeks, Justin Fields has been him, let's be honest. I think he's put eight touchdowns for one interception. Um, he's probably been the best quarterback in the league for the last two weeks, which I couldn't, I can't believe I'm even saying that when he was the worst quarterback for the first three weeks. Um, but yeah, the, the Bears last week, I mean, I know they're only playing the commanders who are not exactly a brilliant team. But, you know, Justin Fields, eight touchdowns in two games. Throwing touchdowns as well, let me add. Um, and also, obviously, DJ Moore. He had his breakout game last week. 230 yards, three touchdowns. Um, yeah, it, it does seem that this, this Bears offense is starting to click now. And against a very poor Vikings defense, I, I you know, I think they'll continue that sort of form. And, you know, they can have a good go at the Vikings here. I don't think, I didn't think I'd be saying that a couple of weeks ago after we saw the horrific start they had. But now, all of a sudden, I'm preferring the Bears over the Vikings. I know, football's weird, so weird. I mean, how your opinions can change within a couple of weeks just blows my mind. But that's, you know, that's what keeps us up to this sport and that's why we're in love with it as much as we are. So, like I said, Justin Fields, to, I mean, he's turned his season around completely, to be fair. Um, DJ Moore had a big breakout game. Cole Komet looked decent and so did Kill Herbert. So, they're sort of firing on all cylinders um, in, terms of, in terms of offense. And Justin Fields, Justin can read the fields now, is it, Callum? <laughs> That is exactly it. I mean, look at it now. He's performing to absolute perfection. I mean, I mean, I do, I do think the stats are a little inflated um, because, for example, the, the throws to DJ Moore last week with these like short little five, ten yard hook routes, which he then turned into believe fifty yard touchdowns. Um, so obviously the, the throws not been impressive, but the run after catch has been very impressive by DJ Moore. Um, but you know, Justin Fields has done what he's been asked to do. He's put the ball in his star receivers and and let him do the rest, and that's you know which worked for him last week. So. I expect something similar this week. I think we can see Justin Fields have another huge game here. Um, yeah, I can't even say it, but give me the Bears. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings, they're still, you know, turning over the ball and fumbling the ball the most out of any other team in the NFL. Um, and if that continues, which, 
you know, there's there's nothing saying that it's going to slow down and nothing that, that's sort of showing me that it's going to slow down. If they continue to make mistakes, I think any team can capitalise and, and, and beat them. So they're obviously without the star man, Justin Jefferson. They've got a lot of issues sort of on and off the ball. Um, give me a Bears in an upset as well. So moving on, we see the 49ers taking on the Browns. The 49ers who came off a massive win last week against the Cowboys. Pinny, I'm sure you can tell me a little bit more about that game. Unfortunately, I can tell you a lot about that game and how bad the Cowboys were. But more than anything, how good the 49ers were, as much as it pains me to say, I mean, Brock Purdy. At what point are we going to start giving this young kid his flowers? Because he's absolutely brilliant in his offense. I don't care what anybody has to say about him. He put up 252 yards and four touchdowns last week. What? What? How, how can you keep dissing this, this him when you play the Cowboys, who are, again, one of the better off defences in this league? I mean, yeah, he, he's just so good and criminally underrated by the media at the moment. Uh, I, think, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I think you've probably got to, got him, you've got to have him up there for MVP, have you not? Yeah, I think Brock Purdy is certainly in the MVP conversation if he carries on his current performances. He's certainly in my top five, and I think he can go beyond that if he carries on these performances. And you know, it's all right being good in the in the regular season. Uh, it's, we're obviously going to see him in the postseason again. We know last year he performed pretty well until he, until he went down injured. Um, so yeah, the, the real test comes in the postseason. But for right now, he's in my MVP, you know, caliber player. Yeah, he's, he's definitely in my my shortlist for MVP this year. Um, I've seen some some op, like opposition fans arguing. The fact that he's that he is in one of the best teams, obviously he's just slotted straight in. Is it the fact that um, he's surrounded by so much talent, or do you think Brock Purdy is the talent as well? Well, you've got, you've got to say that the Forty Nineers have certainly got two MVP candidates this season. I mean, how can Christian McCaffrey not be in the conversation for MVP? I mean, last week was his worst week of the season so far. He only had nineteen touches, uh, which is obviously probably a few fewer than he than he has been getting. And but he still got his touchdown, and that's. <laughs> It's just automatic. I think it's like 14 or 15 games in a row now where Christian McCaffrey has scored a touchdown for the 49ers. Um, and who's going to stop him? Can this, do you think this Cleveland Browns team can stop him? We know we're the number one defence in the league. Well, I mean, they are a top defence, but we saw what happened against the Ravens and they sort of shipped, what was it, shipped 27 against them. So I think we're not sure if Deshaun Watson's going to be available or not. So backup Dorian Thompson-Robinson will be playing. Can the Browns get anything going on offense, or is, are they just going to be heavily rely, relying on the defense in this game? And if they are, like they were against the Ravens, I just think the game's going to go on for too long. For the, the defense is going to be on the pitch for too long that they, they'll get tired out eventually, and the Niners will just pick pockets and pick space and pick the moment. So I'm not sure if this this defense will be able to all out this 49ers team. I don't think I can see anyone slowing them down. To be fair, no. I mean, the, the impressive thing about this 49ers team is. Like I said, McCaffrey is quietest week last year. He only, last week, he only put 51 yards. Um, but then everyone else steps up. You know, George Kittle had a three-touchdown game of just three receptions. Every, every time he touched the ball, it's a touchdown. Um, I mean, absolute shithouse movement as well from him. He must have been fined a fair few a fair few Look, quid for what he did in the end zone in front of, Look, in front of the travelling fans as well. I will not be talking about George Kittle anymore because last week, he mugged the Cowboys off. He mugged them off. He I mean, revealed the t-shirt, mugged them off more. You love to see it, don't you? And the week before, he cost me a hefty bet as well. So he's in my bad books. He's not in a Christmas card from me this year. As far as I'm concerned, George Kittle can't get fucked. But 
the two players I do like on this 49ers team, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they're such a good one-two punch. And I think Brandon Ayuk's actually established himself as one of the best receivers in the league. He always seems to be open deep down the field. And, you know, he seems to have a deep catch at least one per game. It's, it's, it's an honour to watch, really, just how good he is. I mean, credit to credit, credit to the, the to the receivers and credit to uh, Brock Purdy as well. Um, you know, without without that quarterback, he's not going to be getting them throws. So, like we mentioned earlier, was it a case of Brock Purdy just sliding into a great team? I'm I'm not sure it is. I think he's he's good enough to be at that team. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a bit of both to be honest. I mean, obviously they, they must have been. They moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo, who is you could argue a system quarterback, and he wasn't good enough to take the Forty Nine ers all the way. Brock Purdy ups up. And I think he is. I think he's the man. I think he's the the next Tom Brady. Um, well, he's not quite there yet, but he just seems to do. He doesn't seem to do anything spectacular, but he does everything well. It's he just the fact that he does nothing over. wrong. I think that's sort of what yeah. you know stands out for me. It's that he is very steady in in his own ways. He's nothing special. Um, I mean, he obviously is becoming something special. Um, but it's the fact that he doesn't really do anything wrong, and he just sort of coasts by. And you know, he's sat five and zero on the season. You can't argue that he's done well, anything he, wrong so he's, you know he's got to be he, up there he, he's yet to lose when he's not been injured in the game he's literally won every single game he's, he's started and finished and if that doesn't tell you how good this man is then I don't know what what will I don't know what else you need really and I think you know people are waiting to jump on him for any mistake or you know for example if they, if they lose this game they'll be straight on Brock Purdy saying he's not good enough blah 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 but I, I think he is I think he is good enough and I think he's good enough to win this game as well I think this is going to be arguably the game of the week this week do you think I think it it probably it would be for me if Deshaun Watson were playing. I think if the backup Dorian Thompson Robinson's playing, then you can probably expect some something similar to what happened against the Ravens, and unfortunately it would be a landslide in favour of the Niners, and it would be a shame. Um, you know, unless he's been working very hard on the training ground, he just sort of needs to tidy up his game a little bit. We saw, I mean, he was thrown really in the deep end against that Ravens team. Um, did throw a few picks, so. We just know how much talent's on that 49ers defence. They're, they're going to get to him. They're going to pressure him. Is he going to make mistakes? I could see it happening. And then, who knows, the Niners are just going to run away with it. Yeah, I think I'm in the exact same boat as you on this one. I think if, if Deshaun Watson is playing and he's up to full health, I think we could have a very, very close game on our hands. I think the Browns can take the 49ers all the way in this one. If it is the backup, then, like I said, I think it'd be a landslide for the 49ers. Um, either way, I do see the 49ers having too much talent when it matters, and I, I am taking the 49ers in this one as well. Next up, in one of the late games, we see the Las Vegas Raiders take on the New England Patriots. We see Josh McDaniel take on his former boss, I could you could, you could say, in Bill Belichick. Mini, I think you agree with me, these are two of the most boring, worst teams in football right now. How, how do you see this one, fair enough? I mean, yeah, it's, it is the worst game of the week for me. Two, two teams that are struggling. Um, one team that's struggling a little bit more than the others and that is the Patriots who we saw got spanked last week against my Saints and what a buzz I mean it's you just love to see it the Patriots have had so much success over the last decade or so and I love how everything's just sort of blowing up in Bill Belichick's face now he's you know he's very stubborn um, he thinks everything's it's, I mean it's got to be the Belichick way or it's the wrong way and you know what it's just not working out for him anymore and I think it's time Time to retire, Bill, if I'm honest. I think he's that much in the hot seat that if they don't pull it back to sort of seven, eight, nine wins, then he's either going to be getting pushed out or he's going to be going out. And I think it's time for Matt Jones to go as well. I think that project could well and truly be up. Yeah, I mean, they've been absolutely awful, haven't they? Especially the last two weeks, they've scored 
three points in the last two weeks is actually not good enough for any team, really. Um, we know uh, Belichick came out in the media this week and said, they've got to start from scratch. Does that mean tanking this season, writing it off and then going again next year? Or does it just simply mean, you know, re-scheming re um, the offence and defence for, for, the, for the upcoming season? Um, well, we don't really know what, what is perceived by his words, but whichever way you look at it, it's, it's, it's bad viewing um, for anybody. And I don't think anyone actually wants to watch the Patriots this season because, you know, exactly what's happened. It's going to be a ball fest. It's going to be, you know, like, I think you said it the best, just such ancient football. Um, and yeah, they're just not a good team to watch at the minute, are they? No, they're really not. I mean, they've got absolutely nothing going on at offence at all. I, mean, I think they put up eight first downs last week against the Saints. Um, one, they, they completed one third down. Um, there were a couple of interceptions. I mean, they're even snapping the ball and fumbling it, and the Saints' defense are jumping on it. It's just, you know, it's rookie, <laughs> rookie mistakes. It, it's, it's child, it's children's football mistakes. It, you know, it's terrible. So, I mean, I love to see it. Obviously, it's the Patriots and it's Belichick. Um, but there's just nothing going on. No offense, and obviously that defense can only withstand for so for so long. And I don't know. I don't really know where the Patriots go from here. I'm not sure where the wins are going to come from either, to be honest. No, well, if they, I don't either. But if they've got a chance, then it's it's this week really against the Raiders. Who, well, they got they got a, they got a win on Monday night against the the Packers, and you know both both teams were not good in that game. I watched the highlights, and yeah, both teams are poor. Um, both teams turning the ball over, and you know the 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 Raiders were just just slightly better in the end. Um, but again, nothing nothing at all to write home about. No, um, I think it, it's again it's weird with the Raiders. I mean. Garoppolo, I'm just not a huge fan of at all. They've they've got a talented receiver within Devontae Adams, which we spoke quite well about last week. Um, although I still think he's carrying that shoulder injury and he's sort of playing through it, so he's not completely fit. Um, Josh Jacobs, he's sort of improving for me week in week out. Looked a little bit better last week, and then Max Crosby on D. That's it's the only three standout players that we we find ourselves talking about week on week. Yeah. I mean, Max Crosby last week was yet again fantastic for that team. Uh, he came up in the big moment when it when it mattered towards the end of the game. Um, like, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you already mentioned the other two. I think Devontae Adams was actually maybe trying to force a trade away from the Raiders. I don't blame him to be honest. I mean, you know, he, he's he's not getting any younger now, uh, and he'll be wanting to look for a championship side. And uh, the Raiders will not be that this season, next season, or the season after that. I don't think. <laughs> I, you know, I apologise, Raiders fans, but this is an organisation that is just going in the wrong direction, I believe, and uh, they need to, you know, a, a whole new rework. Um, but again, this week, the take on the Patriots, they've probably got more offensive weapons, more defensive weapons, and yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders to somehow extend their record to 3-3 three and three this year. I will just mention, actually, as well, with McDaniel last week, he had a, I think, they were sort of just, just across that, what was it, 30-odd yards, so plus 15 with a field goal. So basically, they, they needed a a, a, sec, a a fourth down completion with two yards, and they could have either punted the ball right up, backed up the Packers, you know, up to the end zone or whatever, or they could have just gone for it. And what did they do? He opted to kick a field goal. They missed, so the Packers were in field position to win the game. So I'm I'm really I can't really understand what McDaniel's trying to do. He's making some dodgy decisions. We've seen it time and time again this season. And could it come down to a mistake like that against the Patriots? I'm not sure if the Patriots will have enough or anything really to get to get close enough to get themselves in a position to win. Um, I don't really know which way to go, to be fair. I think I'll probably just edge edge the Raiders, but it's certainly not a game that I'm looking forward to watching. 
No, this is certainly a highlights job, and um, I will not, if there is any highlights, to be honest. I mean, I watched the Packers versus Raiders highlights on, on Tuesday morning, and uh, well, I wish I hadn't bothered now, because that wasn't, it just wasn't a good watch at all. I mean, that's probably a waste um, of 15 minutes going to be something like similar. That, it? It, it really were, but well, we've got to do it, and we've got to take the bad with the good, and yeah. this week, this is a very bad game. So, moving on, we see the Lions taking on the Bucks. We saw the Lions come off a huge win last week, 42-24 to against the Panthers. Callum, how impressed was you with the Lions last week? Well, I'm, I'm actually very impressed with the Lions, and I didn't think I'd be saying that because the Lions have been terrible for a long, long time. Uh, but, you know, this Dan, this Dan Campbell-led team is certainly turning a few heads at the moment, and I've actually got them as the third best team in the NFC now uh, after last week's performances. Um, they just seem to be a very well-rounded team. You know, Jared Goff had another three-touchdown day. Dave Montgomery had another touchdown and 109 yards. And my one of my favourite players in the league right now, Sam Laporta, he had another two touchdowns and 47 yards, one of which was on that beautifully-led um, trick play. And I've had all, all those positive things there. I've not even mentioned some of the other weapons they've got. Jameson Williams has come back from his, I think it was suspension, uh, was it? Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, obviously he's one of the better receivers in the league. And on defence, there's just so much talent on that defence inside the ball. Aidan Hutchinson. What what a, what a player he's turned into, by the way. I think he's not quite leading the league in sacks, but he's right up there. And right up there with, with quarterback pressure as well. And genuinely, you look at this team and you cannot point out a weakness. No, and do you know what? I was were going to say exactly that, to be fair. You've, you've absolutely hit it on the head there. I mean, I think we saw Aidan Hutchinson read Bryce Young that well last week that he actually nicked him, nipped in front of uh, the receiver, stole the ball mid-air and ran it in for a touchdown. I mean, I know they were backed up, but wow, this guy, is, he can do everything. And I will mention Sam Laporta, like you said, that guy is probably the best rookie tight in the league at the moment for me. Oh, I think he certainly is for me. Well, he's, 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 now, he's now got more receiving touchdowns than Kyle Pitts has got. Bear in mind that Kyle Pitts is in his is third season now and he was taken like fourth overall uh, for the Falcons. I don't know the exact stats, but I mean, Sam Laporta is looking an absolute steal and he's fitting into this offense perfectly. I mean, it, what a pickup. What a pickup for them Lions. I, I don't even know what round it was in. Was it third? I can't. I, think it, I, can't, I think it might have been third. Second or I third, I think. I like third round. I mean, I've started to draft a list this week, to be fair, uh, with regards to, to rookies rookies of the year and you know he's definitely in that list I've got him in my top five I'm not saying where just yet I'll save that for that video but the Lions just continue to impress to be fair um, Jared Goff last week another three touchdowns 20 for 28 and 236 yards and like you said that trickery I mean we, you just love to see it yeah you certainly do and you know Jared Goff he's never been that um, you know you, you know blows your way type of quarterback but in this offense, the team is so well coached. It's like they're all working for each other. They're all playing as a team, and Jared Goff is looking, you know, like a very, very good quarterback in this system. Um, like just as just as Baker Mayfield is in this Tampa Bay offense as well. On the other side of the ball, obviously they're coming off a bye week now. We know that's allowed Mike Evans to get healthy again, and he's expected to play in this one against the Lions. And again, they're they're one of the favorites for their division in uh, in the NFC. So we should have a good game on our hands here, I think. Yeah, we should, and I mean, we've we've talked briefly about buys. Um, I think it probably came at a good time for the books, actually, with that Mike Evans injury. I'm not sure he would have been available last week, um, and now now that he is available for this game, I certainly think they're going to need him if they want to get past this Lions team. 
Um, and I'm I'm not sure they will. Well, uh, if, if it's, it's up in the air this game for me. Obviously, are, are the are the Bucks well rested? Are they rusty? You can look at either either way really. But at the end of the day, both of these teams are very good teams on both sides of the ball. Both teams are well rounded. Both teams have got weapons. And genuinely, I think this this matchup could be the battle for the number three seed in the NFC. Obviously, you expect the Forty Nine and the 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 Eagles take the first and second. And then obviously you've got either the leader of the South or leader of the North to take third and fourth. And I see this matchup as the battle of that, the, the battle for the number three seed in the NFC. I can't believe that we, we're saying that the Lions are going to be battling for the third seed this year. It's it's crazy. This All the sport, it's just Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I expected it a little bit more from the books. I'm, coming from a Saints fan, I can't really believe I'm saying that. Obviously, it pains me a lot to say it, but they did beat us a couple of weeks ago. So technically... They are better right now, and they're a damn sight a lot better than the Falcons and the Panthers. So I think, you know, they've got more more than a good enough chance to to win this division. To be fair, yeah, they certainly do. And I think this game in particular tell us exactly where both teams are really in, in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, yeah, we know the the, the Lions come off a forty-two to twenty-four victory over the Panthers last week. But obviously, that is just the Panthers. They are not on five. Whereas it's a real test for both teams. Really, they're both coming up against a very strong opposition. And the winner of this, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at for a deep playoff run. You know, they, they, they could be testing the Bengals, uh, the Bengals, the, um, the Eagles and the, and, the, and the 49ers in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if, uh, is Amon Rasa Brown back for this game or not? Or is he still on the injury list? I'm, might be something I have to have a look into that one. I don't, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I think even still, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the Lions. I think they've got the momentum behind them still. They've had no bye week. Not not bothered if it gives you a rest or not. They're going to keep marching, and they're going to march all the way to the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think I think Amon Rasek Brown is is trending to return for this game. Whether it'll be at full fitness, you know, we don't know, or whether we're playing for a little or not, we don't know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you. I'm gonna take the Detroit Lions this week. Aiden Hutchinson to have another big game here, and my boy Sam Laporta another touchdown for the main man in Detroit. Next up, we see an NFC West matchup as the LA Rams take on the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, last week we saw the return of Cooper Cup in LA. Mini, has he missed a step? I mean, Cooper Cup looking like Cooper Cup, to be fair. Came back in for eight receptions, 118 yards. Um, unfortunately, didn't get the touchdown. Um, but I'll tell you, we did get another touchdown. Puka Nakua, he's got to be in the shortlist for Rookie of the Year as well, don't you think? Oh, he's got to be in. I mean,. What what a what a duo they've got on this this Rams team now. I mean, you you know you got potential offensive rookie of the year. You have got the offensive player of the year from a couple of seasons ago. Both receivers. And I mean, I couldn't believe how good Cooper Cup looked. To be honest, his first game of the season after coming off an injury, and he just like looked like he'd never been away. I mean, he's one of those players. I think you know, like a bit of a Christian McCaffrey, who just cannot hate. He's just a joy to watch at times. And uh, to be fair, I could say that about this whole Rams team. To be honest. Uh, they're, just, they're just a very nice team to watch and I mean they took the Eagles a long way into that game last Sunday obviously just came up short but I think there's a lot of positives they can take from this game absolutely and Sean McVay as well you know he's, he's another coach that you really can't hear you've just got to appreciate what he's doing with that with that Rams team and on another day they, they could have probably beat that Eagles team so I think coming into this week a little bit of an easier matchup against the Cardinals um, and really I you know, it's a it's a big divisional matchup, and if they want to be making it to the postseason, then it's a matchup that they've got to win. 
Yeah, and it's certainly one that me and you will both be wanting the Rams to win after what happened to us last weekend. Uh, should we tell the viewers what happened last weekend, Minnie? Uh, I mean, I tried to erase it from my memory, to be honest. I, I didn't really want to talk about it unless I absolutely have to. Um, but we start, what, what did we do? We staked a decent bit of money <laughs> on them beating a banged-up Bengals team and a banged-up Joe Burrows. And look what happened. They got pumped. Through fault of their own, yeah, well, the Arizona. May, may I add that? It was their own fault as well. And the Arizona Cardinals let me down for 185 great British pounds last weekend. And it's all because of Josh Dobbs and this terrible team. He threw two interceptions, one of which were pick six, I think, was it? Yeah, he threw... I don't that, know, they were just shit everywhere. I mean, that was shortly before half-time when they'd actually just start gaining a little bit of momentum back. I think I remember messaging you at the time saying, make sure that you're watching Red Zone because, you know, the Cardinals, the momentum's here, they could be marching again. Granted, they were backed up in their own end zone at that point. Um, I think they got a little yeah. bit of time on the clock. All they had to do was sort of just run it, just just run it out the end zone. Just, or, or, you know what I mean? Just, just run out. Get yourself a little bit of, of space on the field, and then you can start to throw the ball. What did Josh Dobbs do? Yeah, threw the ball for a pick six, and I bet you wish he didn't even bother watching it. Yeah, yeah, and it was right at the end of the first half as well, wasn't it? I mean, all they had to do was run the clock out and punt it if they ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Well, I but think don't throw that, a pick actually. six I'm... on the. Fucking half time. Yeah. Anyway, I remember, I'm not gonna cry again. Yeah, I think we've had enough um, sort of moaning and bitching, I guess. But it's, I think it's fair to say we will not be backing the Cardinals and Josh Dobbs and this shit team again this week. No, no. I mean, they lost against the Giants. I don't know why we ever thought they were going to beat the Bengals. What what were <laughs> we thinking actually? Because the Bengals have been shit. Yeah, I know, but you just then, can't read into Lo and behold, them. as soon as we bet on them, Joe Burrow is all of a sudden back to his best, throwing 300 yards. The world's against us, let's be honest. So really, Bengals anyway. fans, you can probably thank us for a good win on the season. Yeah, right. We're digressing now. Let's get back to the game yeah. at hand this week. The Rams take on the Cardinals. Do we think it'll be a close game? Um, I mean, it's a divisional matchup. Usually they are fairly close, but... The Rams have got Cooper Cup back. Puka Nakua's firing. Um, I think the only bit of negative news for the Rams is not sure if Aaron Donald is injured. I read something or a report earlier in the week saying that he went off with an injury. I'm not sure if he's going to be back for this game or not, but that's certainly going to be a big miss. Yeah, I do remember him going off, actually. But I thought he'd come back into the game. I can't remember fully now. Um, but anyway, I think, yeah, this is going to be a close game with or without Aaron Donald. Um, I think yeah, I think he is fit for this week. Um, I think it'd be a close game. You know, the Cardinals kept quite a few games close this season, at least until the end of the third quarter. And I think that's the exact blueprint we'll watch this week. I think it'll be close in the first three quarters, and the quality of the Rams will shine through. I expect Cooper Cup to get a touchdown this week, and I expect him to get another hundred-yard game. I think you know what? I think it's be a very high-scoring game as well. Both teams have got good offenses. They're a bit weak on defense, um, so yeah, I think we're gonna have a high-scoring game. But give me the give me the Rams to win this one. Yeah, give me the Rams as well. I hope with the spoon intercepts, Josh Jobs on more than one occasion, you know, 5, 10, 15, I'm not bothered. Just intercept the ball, run it back for a pick six as many times as you physically can, please. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying anymore about the Cardinals, actually. I'm getting a bit too high rate, I feel. <laughs> so moving on, we see one of the 5-0 and teams, the Philly Eagles, taking on the 2-3 and Jets. Callum, the Jets finally got a win last week. 
how do you think um how do you think they got on against uh, against those broncos yeah i mean the jets did extend to two and three last week um i think it pro- sort of proclaimed what everyone thought well what me and you thought last week was that the jets team was actually better than the broncos um did we, did we say that i don't know i think we said the jets had a better team I think we said um, that the just, Jets were going to beat the Broncos, which which they did. Well, I did. Well, I bet on them, so I must have done. Um, yeah, I mean, Brees Hall last week, a standout player. And not only not only Brees Hall, by the way, but that whole offensive line. There was huge, huge gaps created for Brees Hall to run through against that Broncos defense. And I was actually very impressed by that offensive line and by Brees Hall, um, which obviously won them the game in the end. Really, they sort of took over the game with the run, and then that's how they beat the Broncos. Obviously. Zach Wilson still not not brilliant. He didn't throw a touchdown last week, but he did throw an interception. Um, but he did dish the ball out pretty well to his receivers, and he does seem to be improving week in, week out. Um, obviously, he does face much tougher competition this week. Yeah, he does. I mean, the Eagles sat comfortably 5-0, and top of their division, looking like they're going to get either the first or second seed. And to be honest, I don't think the Jets are going to slow them down. Um Looking at going six and zero in the season, they've just got that much talent all over the field. I don't really, I don't know where to start. Do we start on offense or defense for the Eagles? Right, let, let, let's start with the defense because obviously that's what the Jets are going to be coming up against. We know they've obviously got um, what's his name, the, the main man, Jalen Carter, on defense, who is probably the leading leading man for defensive rookie at the year so far. He had two sacks last week, and he's just so good at stopping the run as well. Um, I mean, this 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 defense is just. There's just no weaknesses anywhere, really. Uh, obviously, we know Cooper Cup and, and whoever else, Puka uh, Nakua, had a, had a decent day. But when it came down to it in the dying, dying embers of the game, the defence stood, stood stood strong and um, ultimately won the game. And, uh, you know, I expect them to do something similar this week against a weaker opposition. Yeah, I mean, I expect the, the pass rushers to be getting to, to Zach Wilson this week. They know that he's under pressure already. Um, I think that win last week probably took a little bit of pressure off his shoulders. He had a lot of people on his back, his fan base, the media, etc. They were all sort of getting on to him, asking, is Zach Wilson good enough? I think I even questioned him. And I, and, I, and maybe I even said that the Jets were short, just short of a quarterback on making the playoffs this season. But he proved me wrong last week. Um, granted, it were only against the Broncos. I'm not sure he's going to be able to touch this, touch this Eagles team because the amount of points that they're going to be putting up on offence... I'd, they've just got so much talent on offense. It, it's it's actually unfair. Um, but the Jets' defense—it's not terrible, to be fair. So, you know, are they going to damage them as much as they have done to other teams? I'm not sure. Well, I think the main, the, the main concern for the Jets is that tush push or the brother they love, as they like to call it now—the cheat code in the NFL for, for the Eagles. I mean, when it's that third and one, fourth and one situation, they just unstoppable they just run like everyone knows what play they're calling they call it and they execute it well and i mean it's not even like they're just getting a few inches or even one yard they're getting two or three yards on certain certain runs of this play and it's just it's so frustrating to watch as a fan but it's just so impressive as well what they're able to do with that offensive line and jalen hurts i mean i think he actually went in for a touchdown as well off uh, the old qb sneak last week um <laughs> but like you said even even when it's predictable you know it's coming you just <laughs> I've not seen a team stop it yet, and I certainly don't know if the Jets are going to stop it or not. I don't think they will. I don't think any team can, actually. No, no I don't. I genuinely don't know if a team can do it, to be honest. Um, and, that, and the thing is, that's on the unlikely scenario that you actually get the Eagles to third, third or fourth and short. 
the most of the time, the marching on the field. I mean, AJ Brown, another huge game for him last week with his pink boots on, 127 yards. I don't know Dallas what's in them a... pink boots. There's got to be, there's got to be something in them pink boots because since he's put them on, the guy's been a machine. He reminds me of Cristiano Ronaldo when he was at Man United with his pink boots and just dominated games. That's exactly what AJ Brown's doing, and he's so physical as well. He just, he just takes the piss out of the defense. He's just that big and strong and fast. He really does. And also, I, what? Uh, sorry, let me just say this. Noted. Um, just note this. The I think what the head coach uh, said last week that he was going to start sharing the workload about, and he said he was going to fetch Dallas Goddard in, and that is exactly what he did. I mean, the guy went for 117 yards of eight receptions and got a touchdown. Which guy is he going to bring in this week? Who's going to be the main talking point this week? DeAndre Swift a little bit quiet. Can we see the head coach saying, "Go on, we're going to we're going to run the ball through DeAndre Swift this week. He's going to have a big breakout game." He's got so many options that he's sort of just picking and choosing which player that that he wants to break out, and nobody can stop them. Well, that that's exactly you just hit the nail on the head there. They've got so so many weapons. Exactly, it's just whichever whichever player turned upon the day in form and then they just take over the game it seems and obviously they've got one of the best offensive lines in football which allows them to run the ball pass the ball gives the quarterback time and to be honest I think the only disappoint, the only slight disappointment on this team still is Jalen Hurts I mean I know a few people are saying he should be in the MVP race I, I, I just at the moment I don't think he's up there in, in the top five race for the MVP because he, he, last week he threw another inception in the end zone uh, in what was just a poor a poor throw to be honest you should never be trying to make that throw. And again, in a team that's this dominant and this good, um, he's just throwing too many interceptions for me, especially in the end zone. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're coming up against a, a good team like the Niners, for example, I think they do actually face them in December this year, and that's going to be probably matchup of the year or, or close to being matchup of the year. And I think, well, is he going to get found out? I mean, the team that sort of turns the ball over the most, you know, you're it's trouble and you're only, only really giving yourself problems so against these sort of lesser opponents and you know mid to bottom-ish teams like the Jets are at the moment I think even if he is throwing an interception or two they'll still win the game yeah I mean it, there's no question he's a very good quarterback he's just frustrating the same people who say that Brock Purdy is not an MVP candidate because he's a good team and then putting Jalen Hurts in that in that conversation despite being in you know also a very good team but throwing more inceptions. Um, so it, people like to pick and choose what they want to see and say about certain players. Uh, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is not good because he clearly is a very good player. Um, and I do think he'll lead the, the Eagles to the win this week and take them to 6-0. and You know, the, the last two seasons, well, last season they started 8-0, this season they started 5-0 and already. Who's, who's going to stop them other than the 49ers? I, I don't see them lose the game other than that one, maybe. No, I mean, it's a good job they don't face the Saints, or not to my knowledge this season, because I know the Saints would certainly stop them. Um, but, I mean, all jokes aside, I think it is going to be only the Niners that, that beat them this season. Um, and, you know, I know it's a few weeks away, but I've already got that one noted in the calendar. Whether it's prime time or not, well, I mean, it's going to be prime time. We will be watching that game. Um, but like you said, I, I can't see the Jets winning. I can see the, the Eagles extending to 6-0 on the season. I have said... I didn't think they looked as good as they did last year, and this, you know they're still sat five and zero, so they can't be doing much wrong. Um, so yeah, give me them Eagles six and zero. On Sunday night football, we see the banged up Buffalo Bills take on the New York Giants. Many can the Bills continue to succeed even with all the injuries? Do you think? Yeah, I mean we're looking at that Giants defense. Uh, sorry, that Giants team that's that's been so poor 
all season. I think the only thing that they've got to shout about was a win against the Cardinals, and that is certainly nothing to shout about. Um, they've got, they've obviously got. I mean, they've got an offensive line that's unexistent. Now the quarterback Daniel Jones, I believe, has a neck injury and he's going to be unavailable for this game. So they're going to have backup Tyrod Taylor come into the game. But interestingly, he did have a better quarterback rating than Daniel Jones. Um, not sure whether I'm surprised about that one or not. Um, I imagine you. I mean, I, I imagine you feel the same on that. I mean, genuinely, I'm not shocked in the slightest. I mean, I think Tyrod Taylor is actually quite a decent quarterback. I'm not saying he's a very good by any stretch of the imagination, but when he was. Was it, who was he with before? Was it the Colts or the Bills or something? I think it, um, I think he was with you know, the Bills, and this is going to be a, a you know a game against his old team, so it sort of fell fell a bit strange how the Bills are in in town, and he's going to be lining up uh, playing them. Yeah, and I think he, he's certainly one of the better backups in the league. Up there with sort of Gardner Minshew and the likes, and uh, you know I do think this is almost a bit of a positive for the Giants. I think this actually could be a bit of a, an upgrade. Um, as, as bad as it is to say, but I just think he's got more pocket presence than, than Daniel Jones, and I think he also can use his legs as well, but I do think you know it could be a welcome change in New York. Um, I'm not saying he's going to do anything to upset the Bills, for example, but I think it could be a closer game than people think with the amount of injuries that the Bills have. I mean, yeah, we, we, we obviously know that they lost Tredavious White a few weeks ago, um, and did that affect the Bills last week? I mean, you could argue that it did, um, but to add to that list, they also had Matt Milano and Dequan Jones as well. Um, and I think there were even more injuries than that on defence. So the Bills' uh, head coach is going to have a bit of a headache on defence. Still don't think it's going to be uh, that much of a worry playing this Giants team this week. Where they've struggled to put points up um, all season, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, Milano and Jones are both out for well for the, for, for the foreseeable future, really. They're... Uh... Both going to surgery this week, I believe it is. So they're going to be out for a while. But like you just said there, I don't think this this giant team can cause too many problems for the Bills. I need to do, you know, the, the Bills have still got such a strong offense where they'll just outscore you anyway. You know, they're still strong on that side of the ball. Stefan Diggs and Gary Davis both had 100-yard games last week. Um, and, you know, we expect them to go back to the run a little bit more this week um, against a giant team who are just, well, bad in every area, really, I guess you could say. <laughs> Um, and yeah, they're just back. The both teams are banged up. Um, but you know, the, the Bills have still got far more talent that, than the Giants have, and so I will be taking the Bills in this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm just just trying to find a positive for the for the Giants. Just one positive, and I think the only thing that I can think of probably were that red zone interception last week against the Dolphins. He had a couple of big interceptions. I think Jason Pinnock, uh, biggest return of the season, uh, red zone pick six for 102 yards. So. I'm clutching at serious straws there. I think that's the only positive thing I can probably say about the Giants, other than maybe that that fresh backup coming in. So, I think either way, yeah. the Bills are probably gonna probably have to, uh, you know, they're gonna have too much uh, in terms of offense, and I think that defense, even with injuries, is gonna be too strong for the Giants. I mean, that we've said it already that that offensive line's inexistent. They gave up 11 sacks the week before against the Seahawks, and then against the Dolphins, I think seven or eight sacks. So, I mean, they've, they've got to be the most sack team in the league and <laughs> even with injuries Daniel... I, still, I still feel like the Bills are going to get to him yeah and will Daniel Jones be sacked out of his job not only out of his uh, pocket <laughs> well but yeah, I mean he's just he's just been offered that massive contract at the beginning of the season worth I, can't, I don't know what it was worth 40 million a year I think so you know he's going to be sacked probably 
on the bench or somewhere else, whether he's at the game or not, I'm not sure, with a stiff neck, I guess. Um, I think he's lucky mm. to only have a stiff neck at the moment because he could have been a lot worse. Well, he'll be, uh, yeah, he'll be collecting his money. And, well, yeah. Regardless, he's going to be collecting that paycheck and I don't think he's probably going to be too bothered what happens. But, yeah, just such a mess at the moment for the Giants and I don't suppose it's going to get any better against this Bills I mean, team. I think, there is a, I think there is a chance that Saquon Barkley returns this week, but, again, I don't think it's going to be enough. You know, he's going to be... Even if he does return, he's going to be behind this very banged-up offensive line. We're not going to create any sort of holes for him to run through. So I think rushing him back would do more damage than good, to be honest. So if I was him, I'd be, I'd be sitting this one out regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'd be looking. I mean, at the at the end of the season, I'd be looking at moving on as well. Uh, obviously, that's quite far into the future, but you don't want to be coming into this Bills game. You know, chances of winning. I've not had a look at the markets or anything like that, but. We know it's not very high for the Giants. It would be a shock result if they were to get it. Obviously, it would help if Barkley was available. But like you said, if he's not 100% fit, then why would you even risk fetching him back? So, the final game of the week, we see the Dallas Cowboys against the LA Chargers. Callum, your Dallas Cowboys, are they going to bounce back and win this game? Well, the better do, that's all I'm saying to you, because last week they were absolutely terrible in every aspect of the game. Anything where they could be terrible, they were terrible. Quarterback play, running play, receiving, defence, everything was shocking. And uh, I don't say lightly, and not, on, not only that, on top of that, Leighton Van Der Esch is out with an injury for at least four weeks. But I have found out today that we are on the on the... On the edge of signing Rashad Evans I think his name is who was the linebacker for the um, Falcons last year who, you know he had one of his best best years in, in the sport last year uh, to come and fill in that void that Van Der Esch had left behind and to be honest that might almost be a positive because the, the linebacker position has been our weakest point on defence so, so far this season and um, it's definitely an area we need to um, address I'm just frustrated that it's taken for injury to occur before we actually look to address it like, why are we not sort of making these moves before this happens? And we've got more, you know what I mean? We've got more talent on, on in, that, in that aspect. Um, anyway, we were shocking last week. The 49ers tied their way with us. Um, Dak Press got through three interceptions, in, which is what he does in big moments, let's be honest. Um, and yeah, the, the, the play calling as well. Let's, let's not just blame Dak. The play calling um, was just ancient. Uh, Mike McCarthy reminds me a bit of um, Bill Belichick at the moment. You know, they're both past it. They're both calling plays that are outdated and they've got no creativity. And, uh, yeah, there's not, not much positivity going forward for the Cowboys from here. Uh, but against a, a Chargers team who are 2-2, two two, you'd expect them to have a good chance uh, of a victory here. Yeah, I would I would expect them to have a good chance. I will just just let me just cast, um, cast back to the Cowboys for a second. I'm surprised you've said that, to be fair, um, the play calling. Because, you know, you had Callum Moore last, last couple of seasons and... I don't think you were his biggest fan by any means, but you know he's he's moved over to the Chargers now and he's going to be coming back to Dallas. Um, so let's hope that playbook's changed a little bit from from last season. Otherwise, Kellen Moore might know what to expect. Um, but we we sort of saw a little bit of trickery a couple of weeks ago for the Cowboys. Did we not see much of that last week? I mean, I know that he threw the ball, uh, threw sorry, uh, threw a few interceptions last week, Dak. Um, but you know, we were sort of raving about the trickery a couple of weeks ago. What? Where's it going in the big games? Well, you know, it's all right to have trickery on, on the odd play. But, you know, you, you watch the 49ers, for example, and every sort of 
there's a reason behind every play call, for example. You you know, for, for example, their trick player to get Kittle open, the design there was always have George Kittle open, and they'll make other plays as well where they scheme open Debo Samuel um, or, um, or Brandon Ayuk, for example. Whereas the Cowboys, they almost just run... I, I, I watched a breakdown video uh, earlier today, actually, where they were breaking down some of the offensive players on the Cowboys, and all three routes were developing at the same time. Whereas, obviously, what, what you should do in a good offense is have you read one, read two, read three. And obviously, they get to have to fit the, the, the pivotal, po- pivotal point at different moments. So, obviously, Dak can see one's not open, go to two, two's not open, go to three, release, whatever it is. Whereas the Cowboys, it's like, right, you've got to see the whole field at the exact same time, which never happened. And then Dak checks the ball down, and then we're three and out, for example. And it's just some very, very poor play calling, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, Dak. He'll miss wide open receivers and try and force the ball somewhere it doesn't want to be. And, you know, he, over, he overthrew Swan. I think he overthrew Brandon Cooks by seven yards to throw an inception the other day. So, yeah. yeah I mean, he, I think... he's, he's got, I think it's the beginning of the end, really, for Mike McCarthy and, and Dak Prescott. Well, I'm not sure. We've seen what Jerry Jones said earlier in the week, didn't we? Didn't, did he say that we were sticking, sticking to his guns and sticking with Dak Prescott for this season? At least he did. I mean, I think he, I think he has to come out and say that though. Really, he come out and said that Prescott was was a Super Bowl capable quarterback. We all know he's lying. I mean, Everyone he's with a pair of eyes on his lying. But he has. He literally said it every year. Said last year. Said this year. And look where we are in the exact same position we've been for the past four or five seasons. Um, so there's just no progression at the minute, and it's it is time to move on from I mean, Prescott and yeah. from McCarthy. And I, and I do feel bad for Mikelam Moore. I'm not saying. I mean, he, his play calling was certainly bad at times last year. Um, and there's no no going away from that. But he, I think he was a, a scapegoated for most of the problems that we had last year. Um, when we have addressed the issues as they were, which was everyone was an issue, then maybe would have been in a better position now. Well, he'll certainly be facing his old team on prime time this week. And I'm looking at this Chargers team. They have just come off a bye. Um, they beat not very impressive Raiders the week before. Not by a massive margin, to be fair, um, but they've improved. They sort of tidied up a little bit. They had a couple of sort of strange losses at the beginning of the season. I think one to the Titans in overtime. Um, so it's not like they haven't been in games. And um, I feel like this could be a big breakout game for Justin uh, Justin Herbert. Could he go for three, four hundred yards? I mean, if if Dallas' defense last week did anything to go go by, then then definitely sort of sort of yeah, they they give up a lot of big plays um, over the middle, especially. Um, in what is meant to be the one of the best defenses, but they are susceptible to giving up big plays um, in this in this defense now without Trevon Diggs, who was sort of having to go away from the from the man coverage now because the other players are not capable of playing to the, to the high level that Diggs did. So there's certainly big plays to be hard. Whether he can get three or four hundred yards, I think might be a bit extreme. You know, I'm sure he'll be under pressure all, all day from Mike Parsons and, and the rest of the defensive line. Um, I think it might be a bit of a stretch, but I mean Austin Eckler, I think maybe back. This week in the lineup, uh, and if so, you know that, that's going to cause further problems for the Cowboys. We saw struggle a couple of weeks ago against the run when we played Arizona. Yeah, I mean that'd be massive if uh, if the Chargers can get Austin Eckler back, hopefully fully fit as well. And I think they'll need him against the Cowboys. I mean, granted you, you you lost last week, but you know you're playing a team that's probably tipped for the Super Bowl. Um, a lot of your fans probably think that you're at that level and. To be fair, humble, you, you're just not there yet. So, this is a big game, to be fair. You need to bounce back. Um, the Chargers are coming off a win. 
Uh, can I see the likes of Keenan Allen going huge? Probably. Um, but if they can get Austin Eckler as well, then I think the Cowboys' D might struggle. I will say, though, that the Chargers' defence, they're not special by any means. So it'd be a real test for Dak. And if he's got a chance to prove himself in the red zone, it's probably going to be against the Chargers this week. And he's going to need to get points on the board if he's going to beat the Chargers. Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think, um, you know, the Chargers are the second worst defence on yards per game. And it's something this week that, that the Cowboys have got to focus on. They've got to put up big, big offensive numbers this week. Don't rely on the defence to get turnovers and whatnot. You, you need your offence this week to be putting up the points. They should have been putting up all season. And if they're not, then it's clear that this, this offence is just not good. Let's be honest. Uh, and that's despite having a very, very good offensive line, by the way. They're definitely, a, definitely a top five offensive line in the league. And um, there's, just, there's just no excuse for how bad the offense is playing at the minute. Um, so, well, with all this being said, then, Minnie, are you, are you going to take the Chargers to upset the Cowboys? Uh, do you know what? I actually am. I'm going to go for an upset. Chargers have got that momentum. Cowboys coming off a big loss. I know they drew a bounce back, but I just think the pressure is going to get to Dak once again. And we're going to find what we've what we've seen before, where it's, it's in the fourth quarter and he's sort of launching bombs. But is that going to be intercepted or not? I'm not sure. It could be intercepted beforehand. Either way, he's going to be throwing big cannons in the fourth quarter, and I think that could lead to mistakes. So I'm going to take the charges here for an upset. Yeah, I, I, I've been 50-50 with the, to be honest with you, for the, you know, deciding about this pick. Um, and then I realised, obviously, Mike Williams is actually out for the season with the ACL, which has just tipped me over to the side of the Cowboys. And also, this is a very, this is a very Dak Prescott type of game to win. Uh, the media, the media's on his back. The fans are on his back. In this this game, this win here, we all know he should win this game, and he will win this game. And it'll just keep the the fans slightly quieter until we next play the Eagles or the 49ers until he throws three interceptions again, and then again, defend the fans will be back on his back. But it'll just do enough this week to get the Cowboys the victory. Thank you for watching this episode of the NFL Abroad podcast. If you have enjoyed, then please feel free to like and follow for more. New episodes are released every Thursdays.